The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. This is Father John Zulsdorf with another podcast. Oh, sinners, you better get ready. Oh, you better get ready. Hallelujah, sinners, you better get ready. Times are coming when the sinner must die. Just now the people live, they're just gonna die. Time, time's coming when the sinner must die. Just now the sinner lives, they're just gonna die. But time, time's coming when the sinner must die. We welcome as our guest today the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith. We will hear from its 2003 document entitled Considerations Regarding Proposals to Give Legal Recognition to Unions Between Homosexual Persons. Not long ago, there was a bit of a dust-up caused by the release of an app for the iPhone called Confession, a Roman Catholic app. Well, this app was designed not to replace sacramental confession. I think some newsies didn't quite understand that. But rather, it was designed to help people examine their consciences more thoroughly so that they can make a good and complete confession of all their mortal sins. The app has some very strong points to it. It has some flaws as well. And I talked about those in a rather extensive review uh, with screenshots on the blog, wdtprs.com. It's Whiskey, Delta Tango, Papa Romeo, Sierra. Come and visit. Uh, Among the flaws that the app uh, has, um, it does not remind the user that in sacramental confession, the person must confess all mortal sins in kind and number. That is what they did, and also how many times, or at least with what frequency, the sins were committed. That's a very important part of making your confession of your mortal sins. All your mortal sins. Remember, friends, all of them. But not just what you did, but also how many times you did it or how frequently you did it. And that's a flaw in the app, and I hope that in a future version they they will correct that. Among the strong points uh, uh, in this app, however, uh, they didn't shy away from difficult things. And uh, they have a, a really pretty good um, a pretty good examination of conscience uh, available based on the commandments and, and taking into consideration your state in life. You know, for example, whether you're a religious or you're married or you're single, or you're a priest, all these things are taken into consideration. And uh, among the things that it does not shy away from uh, is the issue of homosexuality. Uh, homosexual actions are sinful. That's it. There's no way around it. They're sins. They're, they are mortal sins. You commit these sins and you die with these sins on your on your soul when you go before your maker and you will not go to heaven unless they've got to be forgiven while you're still alive. So examine your consciences about all your mortal sins. But some sins are graver than others and homosexual sins are very grave sins. Now, the creators of the app could have shied away from this and uh, because, of course, Anytime you mention something you know, like homosexual actions are sinful, there are going to be a whole bunch of people, homosexual activists mainly, mad at you because you called it a sin. And so uh, the creators of the app are to be praised for tackling this issue and many other things that could be you know, considered controversial. 
or judgmental. I guess maybe that's the big word that we use today is being judgmental. Anyway, um, one of the reasons why uh, I particularly appreciate the courage of them to include this is because uh, apps can be targeted by special interest groups and uh, they can petition, who petition Apple iTunes to exclude them uh, from the iTunes store. Um, and of course, you know, right on schedule when this, when this app came out, some homosexual groups did indeed, you know, start, uh, uh, complaining that this app was going to increase abuse of homosexual persons in some way. Uh, of course they use the word, uh, they use the word gay. Uh, I refuse to use the word gay in refer- reference to homosexuals, by the way. I think the misuse of that word for such a condition is a real shame. Uh, in any event, um, keep in mind that some time ago, a group formed around the uh, the so-called Manhattan Declaration uh, had an app for iTunes that was pulled from iTunes by iTunes from the store because the app was connected with a petition opposed to the legal recognition of homosexual unions as if they were marriages. You know, a bunch of people streamed about that. Apple pulled the ad from the store, uh, the app from the store. Now. You know, whenever I write about any of these things on, on my blog, especially, you know, if I mention anything about, you know, homosexual unions or homosexual behavior, whatever, I get all manner of absurd emails suggesting that I, because I am, uh, mean, uh, or I'm discriminatory, uh, and, uh, I'm against diversity and therefore I, I hate homosexual people. Um, therefore I should, uh, go and, you know, either do anatomically impossible things or that I should die with a great deal of suffering. Um, some of the, the emails, uh, you know, kind of lapse into a rather, you know, puerile name calling. Uh, the smarter ones will advance arguments, uh, usually claiming that if homosexuals cannot marry like everyone else, then their human and civil rights are being violated. Uh, I don't buy any of that. Uh, the church doesn't buy any of that. Uh, people who reason correctly do not buy any of that. And I think it's necessary to uh, explain that we don't accept that and that those positions cannot be accepted by anyone who reasons properly. And it is to this end that today I'm going to share with you this document, 2003 document, from the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith. Um, and there are some things to pay attention to, uh, to tune your ears to. First of all, the document is short, so I'm able to read the whole thing for you. And you'll notice right away that it is addressed to bishops. It's not addressed to everyone. It's addressed to bishops. So you bishops uh, out there who are listening right now, start paying attention Uh, This document says it is meant to help you bishops draw up your own clear statements about the harm homosexuality does to society and about how recognition of same-sex unions is simply unacceptable. And it gives you arguments uh, both from reason and from Scripture and from the teaching of the Church. But it's not, see, it's not just from revelation and the teachings of the Church. It's from reason as well. So uh, that's one thing to, to pay attention to. It's addressed to bishops, first of all, first and foremost. Of course, everyone can listen in. 
And as you're listening, you will find that the document, uh, after a brief introduction, is broken into four main sections. Uh, The nature of marriage and its inalienable characteristics, positions on the problem of homosexual unions, arguments from reason against legal recognition of homosexual unions, positions of Catholic politicians with regard to legislation in favor of homosexual unions. So you Catholic politicians out there better start paying attention too. Uh, There's a strong conclusion uh, after which we learn that Pope John Paul II ordered the publication of this document. You keep that in mind. This isn't, you know, just something that the congregation did on its own. The Suprema, the Congregation for Doctrine of the Faith, doesn't just do things on its own. That third section, arguments from reason against legal recognition of homosexual unions, has arguments, uh, several different arguments in it, uh, subheadings. In view of the, it argues in view of the order of right reason, uh, from the biological and anthropological order, and in view of the social order, and also in view of the legal order. And that fourth section about Catholic politicians, uh, this is something also that everyone should know about, not just bishops and politicians, but you, dear readers, uh, should know about this so that you can evaluate the actions of your politicians in regard to this controversy, whether they are Catholic politicians or non-Catholic politicians. This can give you some criteria here uh, by which you can, you can make choices about candidates. And I urge you to pay attention to this, and especially then to consider your own representatives uh, in this regard, especially if they are Catholic. Or, you know, if they say that they're Catholic and they're doing something against these considerations, then uh, I think you have to uh, take steps that are appropriate uh, and suggested in the in these considerations given to you by the church. Keep your ears tuned also to the strong affirmations in these considerations that uh, homosexual persons must be treated with charity and justice. They cannot be discriminated against in matters which are truly issues of justice. However, same-sex unions cannot ever be considered a matter of justice. Also, the document reaffirms in no uncertain terms that homosexual actions are deviant behavior and evil and sinful. And there is a a strong warning in the document, too, about uh, how this behavior can in no way be condoned and steps have to be taken to to prevent it or to, to curtail it so that the minds of young people in this regard aren't distorted so that they don't get confused and so that this sort of behavior doesn't actually spread. So armed with those points, here is the 2003 document of the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith called Considerations Regarding Proposals to Give Legal Recognition to Unions Between Homosexual Persons. As I read, I will include the references that are actually within the text usually scripture references, but there are footnotes as well, which I'm not going to read. You should look at the original document for those very useful notes. And you can find the document quite easily out there uh, just by doing a, a quick search of the web.
Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith Considerations regarding proposals to give legal recognition to unions between homosexual persons. Introduction In recent years, various questions relating to homosexuality have been addressed with some frequency by Pope John Paul II and by the relevant dicasteries of the Holy See. Homosexuality is a troubling moral and social phenomenon, even in those countries where it does not present significant legal issues. It gives rise to greater concern in those countries that have granted or intend to grant legal recognition to homosexual unions, which may include the possibility of adopting children. The present considerations do not contain new doctrinal elements, they seek rather to reiterate the essential points on this question and provide arguments drawn from reason which could be used by bishops in preparing more specific interventions appropriate to the different situations throughout the world aimed at protecting and promoting the dignity of marriage, the foundation of the family, and the stability of society, of which this institution is a constitutive element. The present considerations are also intended to give direction to Catholic politicians by indicating the approaches to proposed legislation in this area which would be consistent with Christian conscience. Since this question relates to the natural moral law, the arguments that follow are addressed not only to those who believe in Christ, but to all persons committed to promoting and defending the common good of society. Part 1 the nature of marriage and its inalienable characteristics. The Church's teaching on marriage and on the complementarity of the sexes reiterates a truth that is evident to right reason and recognized as such by all the major cultures of the world. Marriage is not just any relationship between human beings. It was established by the Creator with its own nature, essential properties, and purpose. No ideology can erase from the human spirit the certainty that marriage exists solely between a man and a woman, who, by mutual personal gift, proper and exclusive to themselves, tend toward the communion of their persons. In this way, they mutually perfect each other in order to cooperate with God in the procreation and upbringing of new human lives. The natural truth about marriage was confirmed by the revelation contained in the biblical accounts of creation, an expression also of the original human wisdom, in which the voice of nature itself is heard. There are three fundamental elements of the Creator's plan for marriage, as narrated in the book of Genesis. In the first place, man, the image of God, was created male and female. Genesis 1.27. Men and women are equal as persons and complementary as male and female. Sexuality is something that pertains to the physical-biological realm and has also been raised to a new level, the personal level, where nature and spirit are united. Marriage is instituted by the Creator as a form of life in which a communion of persons is realized involving the use of the sexual faculty. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and clings to his wife and they become one flesh. Genesis 2.24 Third, God has willed to give 
the union of man and woman a special participation in his work of creation. Thus he blessed the man and the woman with the words, Be fruitful and multiply. Genesis 1.28 Therefore, in the Creator's plan, sexual complementarity and fruitfulness belong to the very nature of marriage. Furthermore, the marital union of man and woman has been elevated by Christ to the dignity of a sacrament. The Church teaches that Christian marriage is an efficacious sign of the covenant between Christ and the Church. Confer Ephesians 5.32 This Christian meaning of marriage, far from diminishing the profoundly human value of the marital union between man and woman, confirms and strengthens it. Confer Matthew nineteen three to twelve, Mark ten six to nine. There are absolutely no grounds for considering homosexual unions to be in any way similar or even remotely analogous to God's plan for marriage and family. Marriage is holy, while homosexual acts go against the natural moral law. Homosexual acts close the sexual act to the gift of life. They do not proceed from a genuine affective and sexual complementarity. Under no circumstances can they be approved. Sacred Scripture condemns homosexual acts as a serious depravity. Confer Romans 1, 24-27, 1 Corinthians 6, 10, 1 Timothy 1, 10. This judgment of Scripture does not, of course, permit us to conclude that all those who suffer from this anomaly are personally responsible for it, but it does attest to the fact that homosexual acts are intrinsically disordered. This same moral judgment is found in many Christian writers in the first centuries, and is unanimously accepted by Catholic tradition. Nonetheless, according to the teaching of the Church, men and women with homosexual tendencies must be accepted with respect, compassion, and sensitivity. Every sign of unjust discrimination in their regard should be avoided. They are called, like other Christians, to live the virtue of chastity. The homosexual inclination is, however, objectively disordered, and homosexual practices are sins gravely contrary to chastity. Part 2. Positions on the Problem of Homosexual Unions Faced with the fact of homosexual unions, civil authorities adopt different positions. At times they simply tolerate the phenomenon. At other times they advocate legal recognition of such unions under the pretext of avoiding, with regard to certain rights, discrimination against persons who live with someone of the same sex. In other cases, they favor giving homosexual unions legal equivalence to marriage, properly so called, along with the legal possibility of adopting children. Where the government's policy is de facto tolerance, and there is no explicit legal recognition of homosexual unions, it is necessary to distinguish carefully the various aspects of the problem. Moral conscience requires that, in every occasion, Christians give witness to the whole moral truth, 
which is contradicted both by approval of homosexual acts and unjust discrimination against homosexual persons. Therefore, discreet and prudent actions can be effective. These might involve unmasking the way in which such tolerance might be exploited or used in the service of ideology, stating clearly the immoral nature of these unions, reminding the government of the need to contain the phenomenon within certain limits so as to safeguard public morality and, above all, to avoid exposing young people to erroneous ideas about sexuality and marriage that would deprive them of their necessary defenses and contribute to the spread of the phenomenon. Those who would move from tolerance to the legitimization of specific rights for cohabiting homosexual persons need to be reminded that the approval or legalization of evil is something far different from the toleration of evil. In those situations where homosexual unions have been legally recognized or have been given the legal status and rights belonging to marriage, clear and emphatic opposition is a duty. One must refrain from any kind of formal cooperation in the enactment or application of such gravely unjust laws and, as far as possible, from material cooperation on the level of their application. In this area, everyone can exercise the right to conscientious objection. Part 3. Arguments from Reason Against Legal Recognition of Homosexual Unions to understand why it is necessary to oppose legal recognition of homosexual unions, ethical considerations of different orders need to be taken into consideration. From the Order of Right Reason The scope of the civil law is certainly more limited than that of the moral law, but civil law cannot contradict right reason without losing its binding force on conscience. Every humanly created law is legitimate insofar as it is consistent with the natural moral law, recognized by right reason, and insofar as it respects the inalienable rights of every person. Laws in favor of homosexual unions are contrary to right reason because they confer legal guarantees analogous to those granted to marriage to unions between persons of the same sex. Given the values at stake in this question, the state could not grant legal standing to such unions without failing in its duty to promote and defend marriage as an institution essential to the common good. It might be asked how a law can be contrary to the common good if it does not impose any particular kind of behavior, but simply gives legal recognition to a de facto reality which does not seem to cause injustice to anyone. In this area, one needs first to reflect on the difference between homosexual behavior as a private phenomenon and the same behavior as a relationship in society foreseen and approved by the law, to the point where it becomes one of the institutions in the legal structure. The second phenomenon is not only more serious, but also assumes a more wide-reaching and profound influence that would result in changes to the entire organization of society, contrary to the common good. 
civil laws are structuring principles of man's life in society, for good or for ill. They play a very important and sometimes decisive role in influencing patterns of thought and behavior. Lifestyles and the underlying presuppositions these express not only externally shape the life of society, but also tend to modify the younger generation's perception and evaluation of forms of behavior. Legal recognition of homosexual unions would obscure certain basic moral values and cause a devaluation of the institution of marriage. From the Biological and Anthropological Order Homosexual unions are totally lacking in the biological and anthropological elements of marriage and family which would be the basis, on the level of reason, for granting them legal recognition. Such unions are not able to contribute in a proper way to the procreation and survival of the human race. The possibility of using recently discovered methods of artificial reproduction beyond involving a grave lack of respect for human dignity, does nothing to alter this inadequacy. Homosexual unions are also totally lacking in the conjugal dimension, which represents the human and ordered form of sexuality. Sexual relations are human when, and insofar as they express and promote the mutual assistance of the sexes in marriage, and are open to the transmission of new life. As experience has shown, the absence of sexual complementarity in these unions creates obstacles in the normal development of children who would be placed in the care of such persons. They would be deprived of the experience of either fatherhood or motherhood. Allowing children to be adopted by persons living in such unions would actually mean doing violence to these children, in the sense that their condition of dependency would be used to place them in an environment that is not conducive to their full human development. This is gravely immoral, and in open contradiction to the principle recognized also in the United Nations Convention on the Rights of the Child, that the best interests of the child, as the weaker and more vulnerable party, are to be the paramount consideration in every case. From the Social Order Society owes its continued survival to the family founded on marriage. The inevitable consequence of legal recognition of homosexual unions would be the redefinition of marriage, which would become in its legal status an institution devoid of essential reference to factors linked to heterosexuality for example, procreation and raising children. If, from the legal standpoint, marriage between a man and a woman were to be considered just one possible form of marriage, the concept of marriage would undergo a radical transformation with grave detriment to the common good. By putting homosexual unions on a legal plane analogous to that of marriage and the family, the state acts arbitrarily and in contradiction with its duties. The principles of respect and non-discrimination cannot be invoked to support legal recognition of homosexual unions. Differentiating between persons or refusing social recognition or benefits is unacceptable 
only when it is contrary to justice. The denial of the social and legal status of marriage to forms of cohabitation that are not and cannot be marital is not opposed to justice. On the contrary, justice requires it. Nor can the principle of the proper autonomy of the individual be reasonably invoked. It is one thing to maintain that individual citizens may freely engage in those activities that interest them and that this falls within the common civil right to freedom. It is something quite different to hold that activities which do not represent a significant or positive contribution to the development of the human person in society can receive specific and categorical legal recognition by the state. Not even in a remote analogous sense do homosexual unions fulfill the purpose for which marriage and family deserve specific categorical recognition. On the contrary, there are good reasons for holding that such unions are harmful to the proper development of human society, especially if their impact on society were to increase. From the Legal Order because married couples ensure the succession of generations and are therefore eminently within the public interest, civil law grants them institutional recognition. Homosexual unions, on the other hand, do not need specific attention from the legal standpoint since they do not exercise this function for the common good. Nor is the argument valid according to which legal recognition of homosexual unions is necessary to avoid situations in which cohabiting homosexual persons, simply because they live together, might be deprived of real recognition of their rights as persons and citizens. In reality, they can always make use of the provisions of law, like all citizens from the standpoint of their private autonomy, to protect their rights in matters of common interest. It would be gravely unjust to sacrifice the common good and just laws on the family in order to protect personal goods that can and must be guaranteed in ways that do not harm the body of society. Part 4. Positions of Catholic Politicians with Regard to Legislation in Favor of Homosexual Unions if it is true that all Catholics are obliged to oppose the legal recognition of homosexual unions, Catholic politicians are obliged to do so in a particular way, in keeping with their responsibility as politicians. Faced with legislative proposals in favor of homosexual unions, Catholic politicians are to take account of the following ethical indications. When legislation in favor of the recognition of homosexual unions is proposed for the first time in a legislative assembly, the Catholic lawmaker has a moral duty to express his opposition clearly and publicly and to vote against it. To vote in favor of a law so harmful to the common good is gravely immoral. When legislation in favor of the recognition of homosexual unions is already in force, the Catholic politician must oppose it in the ways that are possible for him and make his opposition known. It is his duty to witness to the truth. If it is not possible to repeal such a law completely, the Catholic politician, recalling the indications contained in the encyclical letter Evangelium Vitae, 
could licitly support proposals aimed at limiting the harm done by such a law and at lessening its negative consequences at the level of general opinion and public morality, on condition that his absolute personal opposition to such laws was clear and well known and that the danger of scandal was avoided. This does not mean that a more restrictive law in this area could be considered just or even acceptable. Rather, it is a question of the legitimate and dutiful attempt to obtain at least the partial repeal of an unjust law when its total abrogation is not possible at the moment. Conclusion The Church teaches that respect for homosexual persons cannot lead in any way to approval of homosexual behavior or to legal recognition of homosexual unions. The common good requires that laws recognize, promote, and protect marriage as the basis of the family, the primary unit of society. Legal recognition of homosexual unions, or placing them on the same level as marriage, would mean not only the approval of deviant behavior, with the consequence of making it a model in present-day society, but would also obscure basic values which belong to the common inheritance of humanity. The Church cannot fail to defend these values, for the good of men and women, and for the good of society itself. The Sovereign Pontiff, John Paul II, in an audience of March 28, 2003, approved the present considerations, adopted in the ordinary session of this congregation, and ordered their publication. Rome, from the offices of the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith, June 3, 2003, Memorial of St. Charles Luanga and his Companions, Martyrs. Joseph Cardinal Ratzinger, Prefect. Angelo Amato, SDB, Titular Archbishop of Sila, Secretary. document, Considerations Regarding Proposals to Give Legal Recognition to Unions Between Homosexual Persons. It was released by the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith in 2003 at the order of Pope John Paul II. Now, the document speaks for itself in its clarity, so I don't really have much more to add. You might like to know, however, that in those footnotes you can find cited not only previous documents of the Congregation for Doctrine of the Faith, which are in themselves very useful to read, but also you'll find the reference to Gaudium et Spes 48 of the Second Vatican Council, a section which, of that document which deals with marriage and is very good. There are many citations from the Catechism of the Catholic Church. Uh, there are the patristic references uh, in the document. You know, it says that early church you know, the early church fathers, you know, wrote about this or talked about this. And so you can find a reference to 
St. Polycarp, who died in 155, and Justin Martyr, who died in 165, and Athenagoras, who died in 190. So that gives you a, a foundation. This is how far back it goes. This isn't a modern invention. You also find St. Thomas Aquinas, and of course, John Paul II's encyclical Evangelium Vitae, which is so important. So you can find those notes in the in the footnotes. And it's I think it's very important to be in, armed with these things because this controversy isn't going away. It's going to be heating up. And every time we go through an election cycle, we have to evaluate politicians. And we also, I think, have a right uh, as Catholics to hear, hear what the Church teaches uh, clearly without it being watered down, without, you know, fudging or adding so many nuances that we no longer understand what Holy Church is clearly teaching, and also reminding us that you know, it's not just a, a Catholic thing to argue this way. It's a matter of reason. Some of these important social issues can be argued on the basis of reason, and therefore you can find common ground with lots of non-Catholics or even non-Christians when it comes to looking at things that could radically alter uh, the course of our civilization and change our lives in in ways that, uh, shall we say, will be quite detrimental. So there you have it. Considerations regarding proposals to give legal recognition to unions between homosexual persons, thanks to the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith, to which we owe a great deal of gratitude. I beg you to practice and pray Time, time's coming when the sinner must die It looks like judgment in the heavens these days The time, time's coming when the sinner must die Oh, sinners, you better get ready Oh, you better get ready Hallelujah, sinners, you better get ready Time's coming when the sinner must die
With that, I'm going to wrap this up. Please come and visit the blog, Father Z's blog, What Does the Prayer Really Say? It's wdtprs.com, Whiskey Delta Tango, Papa Romeo Sierra.com. You can also just Google Father Z, you'll find it really fast. There's an alternative address too, fatherzonline.com. If you want to tell your friends, it might be a little easier to remember, fatherzonline.com. There are very good discussions over there. Some of them are light-hearted, and some of them are heavy. Some of them are uh, very useful, and some of them, shall we say, just are intended for a little chuckle. But do come and visit. Uh, You'll be very welcome there. And in the meantime, please pray for me as I will for you. I can only take so much